0: Thanks for joining me today. This is Murder Bucket, and I'm your host, Hannah. On today's episode, I'm going to be telling you all about the oldest maintained cemetery in the United States. Let's get started. So Duxbury, Massachusetts was settled by inhabitants of Plymouth Colony in 1627. In that year, the 1st Land Division was held and the shoreline of present-day towns of Plymouth, Duxbury and Marshfield, were divided into farmsteads. The families who settled in Duxborough, as it was called then, petitioned in 1632 to be set off as a separate town. The petition was granted in 1637 and Duxbury was permitted to build its own meeting house. The meeting house was constructed on a knoll overlooking an inlet of Plymouth Bay known as Martin's Hole. The small path that once ran alongside it is now a modern road known as Chestnut Street. The town's first burial ground was located adjacent to the original meeting house. A stone marker within the burial ground designates the approximate location of that meeting house. With the meeting house in place by 1638, the burial ground came into use shortly thereafter. The earliest graves were marked with simple field stones, or wooden markers that have since deteriorated or vanished. It is believed that most of Duxbury's 17th century residents were interred within the burial ground. However, due to the lack of markers, their exact resting places are unknown. The oldest carved gravestone in the cemetery is that of Captain Jonathan Alden, who died in 1697. He was the youngest child of Mayflower passengers, John Alden and Priscilla Alden. The second oldest grave is that of Reverend Ichabod Wiswall, who was the second pastor of the Duxbury Church from 1676 until his death in the 1700s. There are approximately 130 marked graves in the cemetery. Tradition suggests that there were once many more, and according to the 19th century Duxbury resident, it was once possible to jump from stone to stone from one side of the graveyard to the other. With the disappearance of many stones, the existing markers are now sparsely scattered. Their surviving gravestones date mostly from the 1760s and the 1770s. There are only 34 stones that predate 1750. Around 1707, the town constructed a second meeting house, about 50 to 66 feet to the east of the original meeting house. A stone marker indicates the approximate location of the second meeting house, which stood from 1707 to 1786 on a 0.5-acre lot adjacent to the burial ground. In 2008, the Duxbury Rural and Historical Society undertook an archaeological dig locating the remains of the Second Meeting House Foundation. When the Second Meeting House became outdated, the town elected in 1785 to build a third meeting house in a location 0.75 miles from the old burial ground. A new cemetery, now known as the Mayflower Cemetery, was established next to that meeting house on Tremont Street. Consequently, the old burial ground fell out of use by 1789. In time, the original burial ground of Duxbury's first settlers became overgrown and all but forgotten. Cattle strayed over the burial ground and thick brush obscured many of those markers for most of the 19th century. With the publication of The Courtship of Miles Standish by Henry Longfellow in 1858, New Englanders began to take an increased interest in pilgrim history. In 1887, the Duxbury Rural Society, which had been established a few years earlier to improve and beautify the town, embarked on a major project of reclaiming the old burial ground. Brush was removed, gravestones were repaired, and a fence was built around the cemetery to try and ward off the cattle. The burial ground has been maintained as a local historical site ever since. As interest in the old burial ground increased during the late 19th century, visitors to Duxbury inquired after the gravestone of Captain Miles Standish. In the 1880s, there were considerable debate as to the final resting place of Captain Standish. After much research, it was generally agreed that Standish was buried beneath two field stones at the center of the old burial ground. To determine for certain whether the strange stones in fact marked the Standish family plot, The Duxbury Rural Society decided to exhume the graves beneath the stones in 1889. The project was controversial and proceeded only after a lengthy debate. In the course of the bodies being exhumed, the skeleton of an elderly man and a young woman were discovered. A newspaper reported that nothing definite came of the effort and the remains were reinterred. In 1891, a second investigation occurred when the graves of four individuals were uncovered. An elderly man alleged to be Miles Standish, two adult women alleged to be Miles' daughter and daughter-in-law, and a boy which could have been one of his sons. A physician, Dr. Wilfred G. Brown of Duxbury, was present and was able to identify the gender and age death of the subjects. These apparent ages were consistent with the historical death records of the above-mentioned members of the Standish family. Miles, in his will, requested to be buried between his daughter and his daughter-in-law. Measurements and photographs were taken of the remains and Miles Standish was reinterred in a new pine coffin. A memorial was placed over the Standish family plot. Constructed in 1893, the memorial is built around the two small pyramidal stones which originally marked the plot and consist of a stone wall with cannons mounted on each corner. Three large boulders bear the names of Miles Standish, Laura Standish, his daughter, and Mary Dingley Standish, his daughter-in-law. The cannons dating to 1853 were purchased from the Boston Navy Yard. Miles's body was exhumed for a third time because some of his descendants were unhappy with the fact that Standish had been reinterred in a pine coffin, requesting the construction of a vault beneath the memorial to better preserve their ancestors' remains. In 1931, they were granted permission by the town to excavate the site. On this occasion, there was a very large crowd present. Miles's remains were placed in a copper box, which in turn was placed in a cement chamber beneath the memorial. A copper tube containing time capsule material was also placed within the chamber. In 1930, the Alden Kindred of America, a non-profit organization composed of descendants of John and Priscilla Alden, placed slate gravestones to mark the approximate location of the resting places of John Alden, who died in 1687, and Priscilla Alden, who died around 1680. The markers were erected close to other Alden family stones, including that of their son, Captain Jonathan Alden, presuming that John and Priscilla were buried nearby. Descendants of George Saul, another passenger of the Mayflower, placed a marker in 1971 at the supposed location of the Saul's grave, near other Saul family markers. In 1977, the American Cemetery Association placed a plaque at the entrance to the burial ground, proclaiming it the oldest maintained cemetery in the United States. Let's talk about Miles Standish for a second. Little is definitively known of Miles's origin and early life. His place of birth has been subject to debate among historians for more than 150 years, The places named by Standish in his will are all in Lancashire, England, with the exception of the Isle of Man, leading some to conclude that he was born in Lancashire. However, efforts have been inconclusive in linking him to the Standishes of Duxbury Hall. A competing theory focuses on his mention of the Isle of Man and argues that he belongs to a Manx branch of the Standish family. No definitive documentation exists in either location to provide clear evidence of his birthplace. Aside from Standish's will, the earliest source describing Standish's family and early life is a short passage recorded by Nathaniel Morton, a secretary of Plymouth Colony, who wrote in his New England's memorial, published in sixteen sixty nine, that states Standish was a gentleman, born in Lancashire, and was heir apparent unto a great estate of lands and livings. His great great grandfather being a second or younger brother from the House of Standish. In his younger time, he went over into the New Countries and was a soldier there and came acquainted with the Church of Leyden and came over into New England. We do know that Miles was married to Rose in 1618, but she died the first winter. She was buried in an unmarked grave at Coles Hill Burial Ground in Plymouth, as were many others who died the first winter. She is named on the Pilgrim Memorial Tomb on Coles Hill as Rose, the first wife of Miles Standish. Miles then married Barbara in 1624. She came to Plymouth in 1623 on the Anne, and they were married the following spring. They had several children together. She died in 1659, and her burial place is unknown. Their children are Charles, Alexander, John, Miles, Laura, Joshua, and Charles. Number two. Standish died on October 3rd of 1656 of strangulian, a condition often associated with kidney stones or bladder cancer. In 1872, the cornerstone was laid for the Miles Standish Monument in Duxbury, with a crowd of 10,000 people attending that ceremony. It was finished in 1898. It is said to be the third tallest monument to an individual in the United States. It is surpassed only by the first dedicated Washington Monument in Baltimore, Maryland, and the Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. The top of the monument is 116 feet overall, and at the top stands a 14-foot statue of Standish. And that's all the information that I was able to find on the Miles Standish burial ground. And while this episode might be short, I do hope you enjoyed all of this information I was able to find. Don't forget to follow me on social media so that you can receive notifications when a new episode comes out. On Facebook, you can find me at Bucket Murd. that's B-U-C-K-E-T-M-U-R-D, on Instagram at Murd Bucket, and on Twitter at the Murder Bucket. I will be posting pictures of the Miles Standish Burial Ground on all of my social media accounts, so be sure to check it out. Thank you for listening to Murder Bucket, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode.